And my passion is to rid this great nation of America of soccer. Soccer here in the U.S. is due in part to the influx of immigrants saying, quote, I promise you, no American whose great-grandfather was born here is watching soccer. This is a waste of our time, energy, and resources. Long little cheek, niggas fighting over rain, niggas won't be the game, but long little cheek, yeah, watch pretty mama while I slay my cane. Long little cheek, uh, cockroaches in the rats, uh, hand me downs with the patches, mama put a little money in the match, tell me how to make a silver spoon out of plastic, I will not rest. And so I see nothing but baseball, the last word, I'ma get the last laugh. Now they say you're better while you're dressing so classy. I don't want my best dressed day in a casket. You can either leave, follow, or get out the way. Make a fucking move, it will make a fucking So we're on, we're officially being captured. And by capture, I mean literally thrown into a sex dungeon. Welcome. Welcome to your. Let's Fix Football Podcast, your host Gabe Lesra, and I am joined uh, by Evan Matier. Evan, um, this is our first shot, and if this is just you listening on the podcast, apologies, we're trying to explain. We are trying to shoot, like, start open a uh, YouTube channel, um, so all the people that actually use YouTube, which is like the vast majority, apparently, of the people that listen to stuff online, uh, can join us. But, yeah, so this is our first shot at recording video of what the hell we're doing, which is literally us talking into mics, so I hope you enjoy that. Um, very attractive. Very, it's very, very fun to look at. That's really what this is about. It's about getting our really definitely not fat, sexy shit faces online. Um, this is your host, Gabe Buzz. That's Evan Mateer. Um, Evan, we got a hell of a lot to talk about as the outline that I'm not sure or not you may be seeing uh shows so let's let's just start this baby up um first first and foremost i want to say the most important news of the day shout out to uh a man called richard barrel i think he goes by uh richie rich which is you know great handle on twitter Second person, second award uh, for the second person to confuse us, Ballon d'Or, with uh, uh, Ballon d'Or with the Ballon d'Or award. We do not award that award. Um, that's not us, though. Uh, we should. It um, absolutely should be us. As we've said many, many times, that's not us. But we should, we should do it because the truth is that we deserve, we deserve to have that much sway. Everyone should really talk about it. But let's let's just jump into the most important thing, Evan, because really the most important thing this week that happened, I mean, it was a long show, but the most important thing that happened this week is this incredible headline in The Guardian, and I'm just going to read it. Um, Get impregnated by World Cup stars and win free Whoppers, says Burger King. <laughs> Says Burger King. Says Burger King. So apparently, and so Burger King's Russian division uh, apparently offered a promotion where if you got pre impregnated by one of the anyone in the World Cup, uh, they're going to give you free Whoppers for life. So not only will you get a 
baby daddy who's probably wealthy. Not That's not, by the way, not a guarantee, but you will get a very fat baby because they'll be eating Whoppers for the rest of their lives. Uh, the subhead of the, uh, of, the, of the article was Burger King's Russian division has apologized for a social media campaign offering free burgers for life to women who get pregnant by football players. Um, I mean, Evan, this is just... I- Dude, I gotta tell you this: this is the Mad Men like sequel that we all deserve. Like we all deserve Mad Men Russia, and it's like the twenty twenty tens, and they're sitting around like, how do we sell the World Cup? And it's not like Don Draper giving this like monologue about like dreams. It's it's (laughs) this person is like, what if we said we'll pay you if you have a footballer's baby? And such, I mean, what what really gets me is that like. Well, it's not even guaranteeing like a cool footballer. Like, what? Look at look at today. The Argentine goalkeeper Willie Caballero is a backup at Manchester City. Game one of the biggest howlers in in the World Cup so far when he just literally gifted Croatia a goal. What if that night, like some Russian prostitute goes out and plows uh, Willie Caballero? Like, if that's not a cool baby. Like that's you're you're gonna get a, a howler. That it was a, that's terrible. Well, I mean, you got to imagine, you know, that's just talking about someone who's who's a starter. He's a starter on one of the better teams, too. Like, I mean, if you just imagine like he's probably rich, at least he's probably rich. But like a second stringer on the Saudi Arabian team probably isn't probably not that rich. And uh, as we'll discuss, not in for a very happy return home. Uh, I mean, look, this is this is apparently not the first time that this specific uh, Burger King I don't even know. It's not a franchise, but like Burger Burger Division has done stuff like that. For example, uh, they just did an absolutely horrific publicity stunt in which it made fun of a teenage rape victim. Uh, it's really bad. It's really bad. Uh, so it, it's not like it's a shock um, that that they did something like that. It's just. It's just. I suppose as people who aren't familiar with Russia and the corporations that try to market in Russia, which must be just an absolute nightmare, this is this is just absolutely absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I, I just imagine being on the end of like if you're you're at like Big Burger King, like American corporate, and you get that email. Like, uh, <laughs> but guys, the Russians are at it again. Well, my my question is like, what what idea lost in the marketing room to that? Like, at the right. end of the day, like you have a few proposals, and you just go with one of them. Like, which one is like, yeah, we're gonna go with the uh, with the bang bang the uh, footballer award. Uh, and sorry, Kevin, your idea that uh, the first person that hits a footballer with with their bur- with a burger from Burger King from the stands, like we're gonna table that. Maybe we'll do that later. Yeah, I was saying like if you if you were able to lick Cristiano Ronaldo, then you get free chicken fries for life. <laughs> if you if you can if you can whip some fries onto the pitch and get one of the one of the players to eat one, then then. <laughs> <laughs> then you get free fries for the rest of the for, for your life. Uh, so, I mean, just this is it's just comically hilarious. And another thing that's comically just comically disgustingly corrupt. So, uh, Evan, video last night emerged of Sepp Blotter getting out of a car and going to hang out with 
Russian President Vladimir Putin. Now, this is the same Seth Blatter who's been banned for six years after his role in the corruption scandal that included, for example, selling this World Cup to Russia and Vladimir Putin. And he's banned from going to the World Cup. He can't go. But he was personally invited by the president of the host nation, which, uh, I mean, FIFA's not going to try to have, pick a fight with Russia. It's so cool. Right? It's so cool. I, I am 100% down with people being corrupt pieces of shit, like, out in the open. Yeah. And just, like, just like completely flaunting. If they, In fact, if there's anything, like, to miss from the Sepp Blatter era, it's that, like, now Infantino is trying much harder to, like, keep his corruption secret. That's, like, the whole – that's, like, all the secrecy around selling the – you know, selling all the extra tournaments. Yeah. Is, is, you know, you need to keep it on the DL. But Sepp's, like, fuck, fuck it. Vladdy invited me. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna be here anyways. You know what? I mean, like, and we all knew that Sepp was uh, was campaigning for the Moroccan bid in the World Cup, uh, be- basically entirely because he knew that he. Well, I mean, like, if I were him and I were his lawyer, I would say, "My man, you you can't go to the United States. You literally, literally, no, no way, no like, way you, you can you, ever. You can't. You you simply can't go because it's very possible that as soon as he landed in the United States or even got over American airspace, that he would be arrested. <laughs> very, very, very likely. There are some. There are some sealed indictments uh, sitting around and arrested. Uh. So that was that was awesome. Um, as I as we mentioned, another kind of disgusting out in the open thing. Um, Saudi Saudi Arabia has announced that some of the players will face quote penalties after their terrible showing in this World Cup. And I got to say, um, if they if I, here's what I will say: if the players did know about this going into their match against Uruguay, where they only they only managed to lose one nothing, which is not that bad a result, then it sort of worked. <laughs> It sort of worked. Yeah, this is – he, like, singled players out too. He, like, singled out three players who, like, were not – and he's – oh, it was so harsh. He's like, we've we, – he literally said, like, we bought, like, the best aids you can have, the best training, the best tactics, and they're only achieving, like, 5% of what they should be. <laughs> and I just wonder if there's, like, a table – like a really dystopian authoritarian dictatorship table where it's like if you only achieve 5% of your potential that's like 25 lashes. Yeah, you know, what 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 really gets me about this whole thing is that FIFA is famous for uh kind of selectively intervening in countries. So for example, like yeah, they say no, we we stay out of countries' politics, but as soon as a country says no, we've banned the sale of beer in our stadiums because people keep getting, you know, no, drunk no. and and stabbing people. Uh, they say, "Oh, no, no, no. We we with I'm sorry, we cannot allow this. Uh, beer it must be sold in in the stadiums. It's uh it's a non-negotiable." And like that's fine. They'll jump in there, but oh no, no. Like Players getting like lashes because they lost a uh, five nothing to Russia. No, no, no. That's we don't want to involve ourselves in politics. Yeah, it's too messy. It's too messy. Or like you know, Syrian government holding the passports and the families hostage of the Syrian national team so they don't defect the second they leave the country. You know, that's something that's that you know that is too complicated for FIFA to involve itself with. Uh, can't can't do that. Can't do that. Can't and do that. No. It doesn't really matter how many of these players get beheaded when they get back to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So also, all right, jump jumping on to the to the uh uh next topic. 
Uh, we've got a, a, a big shout out to friend of the show. Like- uh, big, big shout out to friend of the show, Alexi Lawless. Um, so Alexi uh, can't, simply can't stop owning himself. And right now I'm feeling a little bad for him because it turns out that he was semi-assaulted on the street in Russia. And so we have some of that um, to talk about. But first, first, let's talk a little bit about this. Alex, <laughs> Alexi uh, literally quote tweeted someone who wasn't responding to him. It wasn't a tweet thread, just some guy out there said, still waiting to meet one person who enjoys at Alexi Lawless's commentary. One person. And then Alexi Lawless quote tweeted it saying, pleasure to meet you. He enjoys his own commentary, Evan. That's it. And you know what? You know what? Fair play because the the guy asked for one person. He got one person. He did get. He got. Yeah, he got one person. Alex, he also Alexi's tweet was technically correct. The best kind of the correct. The best kind of correct. The best kind of correct. I uh, and of course, I uh, as 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 big fans of Alexi's personally, uh, I I will say that this this isn't even the worst of his cell phones, but it's definitely one of the one of the lo- larger ones. I mean, it's not as bad as when he went through like all the people tweeting your music's fucking shit and said thanks for listening. Yeah, <laughs> that that no, that's the number one Alexi cell phone. Now let's just 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 uh, let's let's bring it back a little bit because to be fair to Alexi, he did get into quote an altercation with an angry fan according to USA scary. Today, which is kind of scary. You don't want to get people attacking people on the street. Uh, a person, according to someone who is familiar with the incident, the person said, uh, quote, Alexi was shaken up. It was aggressive behavior that went a long way beyond what someone in his position might usually expect. The fan was angry. Now, uh, I've heard a lot of speculation, especially on the kind of Spanish gossip shit rags, that this was in, uh, in relation to sort of, quote, Russia's uh, kind of rocky relationship with the United States at this point. But I haven't I have not had any indication that the fan was Russian. I think it could just be a drunken, like, Englishman trying to fight Alexi Lawless. And in which case, that would be... I gotta tell you, it'd be more funny than it would be upsetting. But if it's, like, someone who's, like, trying to trying to, trying to to really assault him, then it'd be worse, you know? Yeah, I gotta say that, like... So I know a couple people in Russia for the World Cup, and both kind of have stories of being assaulted, like, already, and it's been a week. That is not great. That is... Cla- yeah. I mean, that's what we've been talking about. One's a woman has been, like, was like bad, like, sexually assaulted, like... Oh, God damn it. And, like, the other's a guy and, like, confronted by drunk, drunk Russia fans. And, yeah, so, like, not, matches up with some not great shit floating around out there. So if you're looking for – if you're a neutral looking for a team to uh, support, probably go go with uh, someone else other than – Like Russia. Iceland's fun. Go with Iceland. Iceland. If you're looking – especially if you're, if you're looking for a Nordic team, Iceland's playing tomorrow against Nigeria. If they win, they'll Iceland basically – Yeah, they're delightful people. They are. They, they actually really are nice people. All my really experiences are. with uh, Iceland are nice. I also want to just shout out, Evan, thank you for wearing that dope-ass – Luka Modra's shirt. Um, we yeah. will get to it. That is dope, though. Um, so, but before that, there's just another kind of American soccer personality who has just been getting brutally owned this week. Uh, Landon Donovan. In case if you're watching the United States, you've seen these these ads already. But Landon Donovan is 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 shilling for the uh, Mexican national team, and we discussed it a little bit on our last show, Evan. Uh, but 
I mean, these ads are everywhere, and uh, people who we like and know are not happy about it. Yeah, I mean, this was like this was the big like Twitter battle of the week was was over this stupid. <laughs> fuck. So Landon Donovan comes on, and it's this Wells Fargo sponsored ad, and he's like holding up a like Mexican national team thing. It says, I think the scarf. It's a Mexican national team scarf that says, "My other team is Mexico." And the whole point of the ad is to convince U.S. national team supporters to get behind Mexico. And people were like kind of pre- you know predictably split. It's already a split thing. You know, in the U.S., there's a lot of people who are fans of both teams, but they're also the U.S.'s biggest rival. And so there's a lot of people then like I fall in this category who are absolutely fucking lutely not going to root for Mexico in right. the World Cup. And it's just it's never going to happen. And that's fine. It's and fine also to root for Mexico in the World fine Cup. Who too. cares? It's it's fine to root teams. for them. Who cares? But then Landon Donovan decided that he was going to yell at uh, – <laughs> God, who was it that he yelled at? Um I can't remember. It was one of the Hispanic players uh, for the U.S. national oh, team who yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. I'm not rooting for uh, for the Mexican team. And he decided to be like, shame him. He's like, what about your Mexican father and your Mexican heritage? And it's like, dude. Not great. Dude. We encourage you to – our, our very good friend and, and, and occasional guest on the podcast, Kim McCauley, wrote a great article about this. Ultimately, uh, it, it's particularly uh, – it's particularly egregious to try to shame like Americans of Mexican heritage into not like supporting the Mexican national team while at the same time shilling for Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo, ladies and gentlemen, which is the bank, the bank, uh, that is, you know, the whole, like making false accounts just to scam you out of account fees. Uh, let's let's be clear though. The burn of the week goes to our good friend David Rudin, who said at least Landon Donovan's Wells Fargo su- sponsored support of El Tree at the World Cup isn't as fake as the millions of bank uh, uh, as millions of the banks of counts. Boom, uh, boom, drop, boom. mic drop. Sorry about yep. the the delivery. Obviously, I have had. I I'm actually drinking vodka in honor of uh uh the world cup being in russia that's very cool it is very cool i am very cool <laughs> uh so also all right really quickly um for anyone who's kind of long-term fans i'm gonna blast through um you know this 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 little i just wanted to bring it up quickly long-term fans and friends of me and evan know that we're huge 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 fans of world cup hairdos yeah we made, like a, our, we made a whole blog about it. You, yeah, you could even argue that, like, as as fam relationship, like its genesis started watching the 2014 World Cup and calling out the bad hair. Like this was this was very important in the development, right? Of of what eventually would evolve into less fix football, right? That that actually is, and then that's when we got into. Uh, you know, I, I showed Evan some of the the classics, you know, and, and and the attacks on football, which are very funny. But here's a here's the thing: uh, sometimes people engage in criticism of hair, which is really, I, I really do think that's that's kind of our bread and butter. If there's anything that's in our wheelhouse, it's like making fun of Alexi Lalas and making making fun of people's haircuts. But I will say this. Sometimes people get out of their lane a little bit. They get into the haircut game. Deadspin, for example, has a haircut article that really off base, I think, Evan. There's a lot of bad, bad calls. 
Yeah. I mean, well, the, the big problem, and, and we sympathize with this because we had called it out as an issue before or earlier in the World Cup, is there's not very much bad hair. Yeah. The hair in this World Cup is unfortunately pretty reasonable. Yeah, pretty reasonable. I think the the real difference this World Cup is there's a fair amount of weird facial hair. For example, both Sergio Ramos and Cristiano Ronaldo are doing weird goatees. Like yeah. that's I don't know what the hell that's what that's about. Sergio Ramos Ramos looks like Jeff Bridges if he was like really cut. Uh, and and uh, so and and Cristiano Ronaldo appears to be growing out a goatee, and then also like doing this thing where he he, he goes at his chin after mm. he scores. I don't really know what the fuck that's about, other than to say, I think it might have something to do with all those pictures of Messi holding goats. Ah, uh, I yeah. mean, I, all I know about that with Ronaldo is that he's way cooler than I am. And so whatever he's doing is probably cool. It's also whatever he's doing like now that we make fun of ends up being the thing everyone does. Like he was one of those first people that did that haircut where it was like really short on the sides and then combed really, really tight over the top that now fucking everyone is doing. I can't. All this list is. This list yeah. is just that. That. And which is. That it's not that bad. That's like the cla- that's been a haircut for a while now. The only person who's really holding down the fort in terms of bad haircuts is Neymar. As usual, the, the, he's yeah. like the the fucking all world all star of of bad haircuts, and he's got that frosted tip mohawk going on, and it is. Yeah, woo. yeah. it's also it's kind of like a, a like a like a bowl of spaghetti spilled on his head. It's very it's a lot. <laughs> It is, it is, it is a lot. I, at some point, Evan, I'm going to do an article where we just go through the time, like I go through Neymar's haircuts over time and rank them. Uh, I, because I think that that would be a more interesting article. That would be fun. Somebody on Twitter was trying to say that Neymar's haircut is the worst woke up haircut of all time. And that is nonsense because, and I responded to let them know that in fact it is Ronaldo 2002. That's not even close. It's it's not even a controversy. It might not even be. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't even be a, a, a you know a, a, a debate. Yeah. Ronaldo, also, that it's got that fucking patch like it's shaved it. three quarters of the head is shaved and then it's just got that weird half triangle thing at the top. It's just it's fucking bizarre. It's bizarre and incredibly overwhelmingly ugly. <laughs> so I mean he's we already talked about this before, but he's not an attractive man to start with. Like no. he's not working with a lot, no, no, and no. he does nothing to accentuate his features such as they are. That's true. I will also say that Alexi Lalas, the uh, I think '94 World Cup, really bad guy. Oh uh, yeah, he's got he's got like very long shaggy hair, and he's got a like a but beard he's also, like, that's clothed, like like up shaggy hair. Oh uh, yeah, and, it, and then he's got this like very long mountain man beard. It's not great. It's not even like I think it's a long mountain man goatee. You're right. Like, it's a long mountain man goatee. Don Quixote goatee. It is fucking terrible. So, I gotta say on this, the last thing on this Deadspin article, Luka Modric is in here, which is an, a travesty. It is. It's, he just has normal hair. Normal. It's like, oh, look at how bad Luka Modric's hair is looking. It's like, you, you know that's just like normal hair. long He's hair. He's wearing long hair, and it looks fine. It's fine. It's, like, like, it's God, spectacular, like, but come on. I mean, like, this is, this is an article written by someone who thinks that everyone should have a fucking buzz cut or something. I don't, I just don't get it. Uh, okay, so this show, if you didn't already know, is called Let's Fix Football. And Let's Fix Football, as we discussed a little bit last week, has two kind of 
things that, that are the genesis. There are two types of articles that we are making fun of when we made the title Let's Fix Football, right, Evan? Yeah. So the, you, do you want to take away the summary? Well, I was just saying that basically uh, one of them is here's this thing that I don't like, and these are the ways that we can make it so that I'll like it. Right. But the other one, the other one is I don't like this at all, and no one else should like it either. That's right. If you like it, you're bad. Right. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we have our first, at least as far as I know, uh, the our first version of that article for this World Cup. We had a couple last World Cup. We've got we, it has reappeared uh, it, it, like a phoenix. This article just seems to rise out of the the absolute, the, the, the disgusting ashes to explode onto my consciousness every World Cup. This one is on the National Review, uh, which is, you know, not. I don't th- I don't remember National Review hosting a previous version of this article. We've seen one uh, that was actually an interesting defense of the World Cup from the American Enterprise Institute, which is basically uh, another conservative think tank. The National Review is sort of the uh, conservative paper of record. Am I getting that wrong, Evan? Just to make sure. No, it's about right. It, I mean, it, everything was weird now, but all right. <laughs> but yeah, all the, I mean, this is this, this is, is William hell F. world. It's all terrible. <laughs> this is William F. Buckley all the way back to the fifties. Like this has been the flagship, like you know, conservative journal. Right. So this 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 World Cup, this article is titled Let the World Have Soccer. And I encourage you all to read it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some of the money graphs here because they are spectacular. In particular, um, Evan, what I what I really want to highlight is what I think is this man's simply his his factual fallacies, like the actual be like ex- like incorrect things that he says. So let's just read some of the some of the graphs for you. It's a real reading series here on Let's Fix Football. Um, so after after uh, he's responding to uh, soccer fans that say. There is beauty in the game beyond scoring, which, for example, he rejects. So he says, ah, but look at that artfully executed 50-yard pass, the soccer files say, sipping their Campari. Who cares? A 50-yard pass that almost certainly isn't going to lead to a score is as useless as a museum of steak. If the porterhouse is behind glass, what good is it? The, quote, long ball of the soccer match almost invariably leads to a freeway at rush hour grade traffic jam around the goal box and the eventual clearing of the ball by the defending team. Entire soccer games go by without anybody scoring. This is because the most notable feature of soccer is the no fun allowed rule, a.k.a. the anti-scoring rule, a.k.a. The offsides rule. Ladies there and gentlemen, there it is. <laughs> there, there we it go. Is. The one of the classic features of this article is Americans complaining about offsides. It, it is it is if we were to put like essential elements of the shitty American bad take about soccer article, it is complaining about offsides. It is the weirdest thing. It I I've only over the years been able to distill it down into them wanting to make football look more like American football. Yeah. That's all I can imagine. They want people running a goal. 
which is literally how he how he continues. But I will say also this: if you actually try to picture this sport without the offside rule, it suddenly becomes awful. Uh, yeah, because bad. because basically what you have is stationary people near goal, and then each lines of football like basically they become uh uh uh. Uh, what's that game where you where you uh, uh, flick the players on on a line like that? Oh, uh, you like mean that, like foosball? Foosball, yeah. It they become foosball, foosball yeah. players because uh, the defenders would have to stay back by the big players who are going to stand next to the keeper. It becomes actually unwatchable. So, right, right. Because so you can't because you can't have any of the fast players running behind you. So you're going to leave some extra defenders near goal. Exactly. Uh, so they can't run in behind you, uh, and it's just going to be hoofing the ball up field all the time. In fact, what's really interesting is that the play that this guy then goes on to describe would never happen in a game without the offsides rule. So he says. Picture a beautiful, long touchdown pass from Eli Manning to Odell Beckham Jr. Beckham takes a hit from the cornerback, streaks by the free safety, and makes a mad dash at the corner of the end zone where he makes a spectacular leaping catch. Tweet! If this were soccer, the play would be disallowed. Beckham failed to allow two defenders just to stay ahead of him until he had the ball. So he gets punished for the superior speed, and the fans get punished when a gorgeous play is nullified. Let's just really be quickly. That's not how it goes. It's not the offside rule actually isn't called when the guy gets the ball. It's when the yeah. pass is thrown. So yeah. Odell Beckham Jr., let's just Perfectly even assume, assume that Odell uh, you know, is line up the line of scrimmage and Eli throws the ball while Odell is right next to the free safety. That play is going to be onside in the soccer. Yeah. yeah actually the, the, time. T- the time, the times when the ball is released and the receiver is already behind the last defender are very rare, very rare. It's when the play is broken and the safety is cheated up because they think it's going to be a screen pass or it's like a flea flicker. You know, just a blown coverage, just right. something like that. So, all right, let's, let's, let's just, con- let's just continue. What kind of sport rewards failure to keep up with the action, to be swift? Not soccer. That's not, I mean, like. <laughs> yeah, no, it, do, it really doesn't. It doesn't. Well, sports are war. They're and not. In, they're not, though. They're sports. So sports are war. And in war, quote, let the other guys catch up, end quote, is not a thing. If soccer referees were in charge of 1944, this is okay. <laughs> this really goes off the rails. Wait, wait, here. This is when it really, this is when it really flies off in a random direction. We can't really, I can't really express how bad this particular analogy is. Uh, let's just go back. Sports are war. They're not, but they are. Sports are war. War. Let the other guys catch up is not a thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to do this without laughing. I'm not kidding. Uh, if soccer referees were in charge of 1944, they would have blown the whistle on the Third Army until the Germans had time to back up a couple of Panzer divisions uh, or behind them. Okay. The it, fuck is he talking about? Yeah, I am not a particularly astute historian of, the, of, the, of World War II, at least not to the extent that uh, we talk about individual, like, battle plans but i mean 
Can you explain what the living shit he's talking about? Well, I mean, so the third army was the U.S. Army in France that broke out from Normandy and through through the Ardennes into Germany, and they broke through the German lines. And so, in this way, in the metaphor, he's they're getting behind the defense, and they would have had to Patton would have had to stop the tank armies uh, to allow the Panzers to get back and reset the defense. This is, this is the metaphor. It is not a good metaphor, but this is the metaphor. This is, this is just awful. So he goes on to say, Hold on, can we, can we stop for one yeah, second, yeah, 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 one yeah. more second one on more. this, on this, on this, this, this football play analogy. Cause I can't emphasize this strongly enough. Football has an offsides rule. <laughs> You it can't be on the other side of the line of scrimmage. You have to start the play on your side of the line of scrimmage. You can't just be standing in the end zone when the play starts. It has a fucking offside rule. That's a really good point. <laughs> this is one of those things that I don't ever that like it shouldn't be that hard to understand an offsides rule if you're an American, especially if you're an American cop commentator spending any time watching the sport and and making those connections in your mind like there are so many offsides rules like there really are like yeah i i there's there's an off there's a every similar, puck, every ball and puck sport has some kind of offside rule that's right there's every icing in uh, and, it's, and it's because you would just stand you would keep people ba- you know just standing on the other side right. of your goal if if there wasn't an offside rule so they all have one yep uh that's a really good point. Uh, he, okay, here's another incredibly dumb thing that he says. Soccer is built around the unifying European belief that wealth is suspect. Scoring is lucre, and we can't allow anybody to have too much of it. Who the fuck says lucre? That's just not, it's just also not true. So, it, all right, but here we go. In no sport does the regular... <laughs> can't with this. In no sport does the regulatory apparatus, the referees, exercise such a heavy hand as in soccer when an industry is... Okay, let, let me just pause right there. No. Football. The, the sport yeah, the, that the he's NF, talking the about... The NFL. ...is yeah. every single play involves the referee throwing a flag. Just watch any NFL game. Right. And, and there's almost nothing you can do that isn't like in soccer. There's a lot of things you can do that basically have nothing. Like there's no rule about it. You can run wherever you want in the NFL. It's like, you need to be the right player who's starting in the right position. You, right. you can't be, a, if you're, if you're a yard too far, you know, back from the line, a lot yard too far up. You, it's a penalty. If you are the wrong player running downfield, it's a penalty. There's something called the illegal wrong, formation. Right. Like, so, like, it's the most tightly regulated game you can imagine to make it look in exactly the way that the NFL wants the game to look, as opposed to soccer, where it's like, you know, kick the ball instead of picking it up and don't run behind all the other guys. And that's also that, why kind of run around a bit and kick and, the ball. And that's also why soccer, more than split football and more than almost, I think, arguably any American sport is subject to brilliant disruption. Like, right, right the, the market, if you, if this guy really is desperate to talk about sports as a market, soccer is the sport that is most, uh, that is most susceptible to market disruptions. And what I mean by that is brilliant coaches coming in and finding a new system that 
is better than everything else, right? If you go back, there's an incredible book called Inverting the Pyramid that literally, literally walks you through the history of tactical innovation. And that is what soccer does. And, and yes, there have been changes in football, but they have had very, very little difference it, like they're minor tactical innovations. You call yeah, different the, the, types of offenses. Yeah, the rules of of NFL football leave you a very narrow margin to play in when it comes to trying to come with new schemes. You're only allowed to send three players downfield. You're only allowed them to send them from certain positions. You're only allowed to do it at certain times. And so you have to have five people, you know, in the offensive line. You have to have a center of people on the line of scrimmage. Like all of these things are restrictions that prevent you from innovating in soccer that you could go and send out set, you know, 10 seven foot outfield players if you wanted. You don't even have to play a fucking goalie if you don't want to. No. You do whatever the hell you want. But in football, you have to have people that line up in certain positions. Anyways, uh he also goes on to say, when an industry is overregulated, gaming the bureaucracy becomes everything. That's true. Look at that. Look at the NBA which is uh, all about figuring out how you can game foul call. I mean, like, this is all James, Harden, James Harden is building a career off of that. A questionable foul or penalty can influence the outcome of an NBA or NFL game. But in soccer, goals are so scarce that the most or that most or all of the scoring in a game might depend on a subjective foul call inside the penalty area, which leads to a penalty kick that will almost certainly result in a goal unless Lionel Messi is taking it. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. That was just my my little addition. Uh, So crucial are penalty kicks in soccer that it sometimes appears as if the most important skill a soccer player can possess is a knack for drawing. Drawing fouls in the penalty area. I, he's not. This this is like the one part of this. It's, not the, totally wrong. it's the fairest criticism, and I think that it's the one that that resonates the most with people yes. who are soccer fans because everyone's aware of the over deterrence of fouls in the penalty box. Yeah. Everyone's aware of the fact that penalties are too much yeah. are too much of a reward for a foul, and that it creates incentive to Especially flop. Especially that that red card penalty call. The red card penalty call. And then, you know, it conversely makes it so that the refs don't want to call fouls in the right. box. Then people get cut right. down. Nothing gets called in. Everybody knows that that part of the game is a little bit of a mess. But here's what I'll say. FIFA, at least, is actually dealing with that, unlike the, right. you know, some of these other things. And VAR, in fact, I think, has Could actually fixed this to the extent that now uh, penalty calls that were never called previously are getting penalties. So that's changing sort of the way people are playing. And then diving is harshly punished. Like a yep. VAR can overturn a penalty call, and when it Get does so, it, it, it instantly gives the player a yellow card. Yep. Uh, this is the equivalent of a corporation, he says, that is ostensibly in the business of selling widgets, but has long since discovered that its most profitable arm is run by the lobbyists and lawyers hired to skew the regulations in its favor. Favor That, I will say, is true of especially of American football. I think that one of the best, one of the most impressive things that American football players can do is sort of game referees in this way. I think that a lot of, for example, the Seattle Legion of Boom involved like really riding that line between how much contact they allow, that kind of stuff. Uh, Anyways, uh, I will also say a shout out to Shea Katiri. I know I already said that for pointing out that um, the AEI in 2014 uh, 
wrote an article that basically uh, addressed all of these points. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. Shay. It we particularly hits this, this weird soccer is socialist point when soccer is like the most capitalist of all international and national sports. Like there's like teams are completely self-financed. There's no revenue sharing. They, you know, invest their own players. Like it's completely ridiculous given the profit sharing that the NFL does with the and salary caps and everything else. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even address that aspect of it. Like, we didn't. And there's also this the last thing, like, and it comes up in all these articles too. It's definitely on the list of like weird things that show up in these articles. When he does the soccer file, say sipping their Campari, where does this weird idea that that a bunch of effeminate men who like you know a bunch of fops you know sit around drinking fancy cocktails are like most soccer fan bases? Like yeah. go like watch like 13 seconds of a Premier League match when they show the show show the stance. Yeah, this if if anything, um, one of the sayings in England is that uh, 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 soccer is a game played by gentlemen and watched by thugs. Yeah, and rugby is a game played by thugs. No, sorry, I'm sorry. It's the opposite. Um, no, yeah, it's, and rugby yeah, is a game played it. by thugs and watched by gentlemen. And yeah. soccer is famous for not Being just a working class sport. It's it is by far it, it is the working class sport around the world. I mean, like this is not some fop, you know, like. <laughs> I mean, let's be, let's be let's be let's be clear. What- Football was football was a p- game played on foot as opposed to on a horse. <laughs> That's a really good point. That was the distinction, right? Then that there's was a reason distinction. Why it, it, there was it rugby evolved. football, and there was association football, and they were both football because you weren't on a horse, right? And uh, American football developed. Uh, and like, I just want to, I just want to mention also that American football developed primarily at colleges and universities. So if you want to talk about an elite sport. Like that, the development of American football is tied specifically to the expansion of the American university. And this person doesn't strike me as someone who would be very excited to hear that. (laughs) Oh, Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Uh, All right. So that's that's enough dunking on Kyle. But if you have any other articles that you see like that, please send them to us. We really do love them. Um, All right, Evan. We've done we've done about 40, 45 minutes. Let's do let's do a World Cup update. Um. So since we last spoke, um, we've had a number of upsets or upsets that we may have been able to predict. But I think I just wanted to run through some of some of how how we can like change the handicaps for the tournament. Yeah. So I wanted to basically say, you know, let's just go through some of the favorites. I I did it like this. Some of the favorites are looking kind of black, not great, but but definitely seem to be able to turn up the pace if necessary, you would expect them to. Um, and that's Spain after their 3-3, thrilling 3-3 draw with Portugal, where they look quite good. They went on to face Iran and only win one nothing. Um, Spain, Very stupid goal. Stupid, dumb, stupid goal. lucky, dumb goal by Diego Costa, who was a, who was a huge douche. Uh, oh, the they, worst. And they, they really didn't look good in that Iran game, but I get the sense that against um you know that 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 against a team that is a little bit better that maybe it's picking up the pace Spain I'm not counting Spain out they'll probably qualify they play Morocco next who is already already eliminated um, Spain needs to just get through get out of this group and uh, either play Russia or Uruguay next I, I have no problem with Spain France um, has won two games by one goal uh, I think they were. They were outplayed in the second half by Peru, who is now going home. Peru, 
who I, I I feel sad because Peru looked to me a lot like that kind of old school Chile side, except for they were lacking that talent at Alexi, uh, Alexi Sanchez talent in finishing. If they could have finished any of their chances, that, that game would have changed, been very different. But France also looking black. They've, they've qualified and they will move on. Um, Brazil drew with uh, Switzerland. That actually was a game I was very uh, that I basically predicted. Switzerland yeah. is is actually quite a strong defensive side, um, and uh, Brazil had a really hard time breaking them down. It'll be interesting to see how Brazil kind of adjust and deal with other sides that try to kind of bunker in the way Switzerland did. Yeah, Brazil looked bad. Um, I, so I have Belgium also on the list of, of teams that looked black. Despite, yeah, I'm not despite, sure about like they despite had, their three nothing win. They had a bad half. Like they had a bad ha- first half against. They were playing. Um, shit, who were they playing? Panama. Man, Panama. The, they were playing the Panama. worst team in the yeah, World Cup. The worst team in the World Cup. Eh, mm, uh, there's some bad teams in the World Cup, but anyway, they were playing Panama. They had Saudi a bad Arabia. Half. <laughs> but, that, but yeah, Saudi Arabia. But that second half, man, they were they were good. They were good. They looked they were, exciting. Yeah. They, they really turned it up. I thought Belgium looked okay. Um, and then England, I watched the England game, at least the second half. Um, and they ended up putting together a 2-1 win. Um, and, I mean, they were fine. They, well, I mean, they were yeah, actually they were really fine. quite good in the first half. They just couldn't yes. finish their chance. When I say they, I mean the Manchester United players could not finish their chances. Yep. Lingard um, and Rashford. Lingard and Rashford just, oh, man, just put it in the net. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Harry Kane obviously bagging two goals. I think he doesn't get enough credit for being that pure nine. And also, uh, his role in build-up really liked it. We but- should also, by the way, say um, uh, people were really talking a lot about Poland leading into the tournament. They were kind of, a, along with Belgium, kind of a sexy pick to make a deep run, and they they were not good. They looked terrible. Poland looked terrible. Um, so in terms of teams that look quite bad, I think Germany, man. Germany just looks old, lethargic, and uninterested. Yep. Yeah. They 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 look like a bunch of guys who have already done this. Um, you know, we'll see if they. You know, they that Mexico really did pull them into a, a tactical trap, and they didn't quite seem to know what to do about it. And um, also the the well, and and what I think was really disturbing about that match was that Shogi Love like just seemed unable to 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 notice what the trap was, and yeah. so instead of kind of loading the midfield when he saw what Mexico was doing, he basically decided to ro- to roll with an incredibly soft midfield, which is like an over the hill Kadira, a Mesut Ozil who just seems to be gassed already somehow. Yeah, like he was playing like a three one six, like it was everybody it was, was up front. Uh, oh. And uh, Tony Kroos, who can't do it all by himself, despite I think what was uh, generally a pretty good game from him. Um, let's see teams. All right, uh, but but more than anyone, Evan, 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 we have to talk about Argentina. Argentina. Neither of us picked them to be the team that crashed out. No. Um. Uh, we both. I picked. Um. I picked uh, Mexico. We even both. Though- yeah, we both kind of picked Mexico. So, uh, we were off base on that, obviously. But Argentina is just – they're just looking awful. And today they lost – and not just lost. They got they got demolished they by got Croatia. Bullied by Croatia. Now, let's be clear. Croatia is good. Like Croatia is a dark horse uh, dark horse candidate here to make a deep run because um, they look like they're like a really strong, coherent team. Yeah. But Argentina, with the talent that they have attacking, should at least be putting goals – 
right you know, goals well i never thought in my wildest dreams that the way that that croatia would win would be by in you know obviously yeah they scored but they also held argentina to zero goals i think in particular yeah, that's the crazy thing messi was was just awful and he had it felt like he just had not no talent around him i mean one of the interesting things about about this is that San Paoli, the the uh, Argentine coach, just seems uh, unable or t- totally unwilling to play the players that that really should be surrounding Messi. I mean, I think the the appropriate um, formation for uh, uh, for Argentina does look like a a a three four three. The problem is that. Messi should be in the four, and then the three should be Dybala on the wing with Higuain on the other wing and Kun Aguero as striker, and Messi yeah. sort of in the center. Yeah. And and instead of any of that, he played sort of a uh, – uh, I don't even know how to describe it. A three – I mean, I guess a three four three, but it just looked terrible. They seemed unable to create chances other than on the one – Instance where the Croatian keeper just sort of went out and they had a free shot on goal, which, by the way, they missed. I mean, it was wide open. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I am at the point where I'd be surprised if they do qualify for the next round. Like they're really in a whole lot of pressure on them, way more pressure than anyone else in the group. Um, and I'd be, I'd be pretty shocked if they pulled out, a, pulled out a qualification for the knockouts. And I have to say, they still have to play Nigeria, which, while not like a a a great team, actually does have a pretty coherent defense with you know a number of talented attacking players who wouldn't shock me if they put a couple past Argentina. I'm not saying they'll lose. I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me if 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 they get into yeah. a shootout with yeah. fucking Nigeria. Well, and here's the here's the the real discrepancy is that you know. Nigeria's probably not. Let's just go out on a limb and say they're probably not qualifying for the next round. No, but not. it's a big fucking haul for those Nigerian players if they come home having beaten Argentina. Oh my god! And like that is their final. I mean, and and who would have thought? Like going into this tournament, that I mean, like I, I think Evan, if if, if I remember correctly, when we were talking about this, I, I remember saying that Iceland is. Probably not going to come out, but they they do have this really strong defense. They do have this ability to like shut teams down and then break. It wouldn't like it wouldn't have shocked me if they were one of the teams to come out. But what would have shocked me is that instead of Croatia being the team going home, it'd be Argentina. And it's very yeah. possible that the teams that come out of this group are Croatia at one and 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 fucking Iceland at two. And really, all wow. that needs to happen is Iceland. Uh, beats Nigeria tomorrow, which may or may not happen. I could easily see Iceland drawing Nigeria. But if it does, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, and then, I, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, if it does beat Nigeria, then suddenly all they need to do is draw Croatia. And then Croatia comes out one. And Croatia's through right now, I think. Yeah, Croatia is through officially. So, right. uh, And they've already said that they're going to start most of their substitutes playing Iceland. Yep. Which yeah. is huge. It's really set up for Iceland. What, Plus, what a fucking story. The three nothing the, the negative three goal differential for for uh, for for Argentina is also huge considering it, that uh uh Iceland is very unlikely to give up that yeah, many goals. It, it means that they can start the subs confident that they're not gonna slip to second in the group on goal difference. That's right. Um so what's I mean, I I I 
So there are a couple other things I wanted to talk about with, with, with Argentina. And I think the question at this point that everyone is going to be asking, and I've heard it already on American TV, which if you're hearing it on American TV, it means literally everyone in the entire world is talking about it. Uh, at what, you know, how much of the blame for this goes to Messi and how much of it goes to, the, to Jorge Sampaoli? I mean, I think it's mostly a coaching problem personally. So, you know, just watching the World Cup this this time around, it's like very consistent that the good team, the, the like the good teams that are struggling and it's most of them are struggling because everyone's being like the, the second tier teams are being pretty effective at sitting in low blocks, forcing them wide and plugging up the center. And you, this is obviously a thing that every good team sees in league play all the time. And we all know that, you know, nice, good, intricate passing patterns are a great way to break that down. But that's exactly what national teams struggle to do. You have all these talented players who never play together, and it just ends up becoming hero ball of yeah, people yeah. trying to dribble through the middle, losing the ball, it gets hoofed out of there, or just exactly what the defending team wants, which is just crosses from out wide um, that they can just, you know, push away. And,. I think it's a. I think it, it becomes a coaching problem in not just necessarily how you set up the team now, though it's partially that. It's also in how well you went with preparing the team and getting everyone on the same page with, you know, with preparing for breaking down the bunkered sides. And Argentina just doesn't. You know, they just look like they're out of ideas halfway through the yeah, game. I agree with that. I mean, what, we'll also say that it's it's quite clear as as we mentioned earlier that there's just a lineup issue, and you know. It, I don't think it's that complicated when when you have so I, I did a calculation today, Evan, which uh, uh, the three non-messy players in on the roster that atta- that are attackers for Argentina. I'm not calling them attackers because some of them are wingers, some of them are strikers, some of them are forwards. But the three of those, Higuain, Kuhn, and DiBala, scored a com- combined 79 goals. This mm-hmm. year with uh, 17, I'm sorry, 20 assists. I mean, that you're leaving two out of those three players on the bench. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it doesn't make any sense. No, I think, I think you're 100% right. And, you know, if you're Argentina, we, I mean, we talked about this in our preview show. Like, what they bring to the table is probably the, the widest range of attacking talent in the entire World Cup. Yeah. Right, what, what they can put together across the front line is stronger than what everyone else can do, and and you're right, they're they're like really just tying a hand behind their back by not putting all of the talent on the field. And somehow, despite that, they've only scored one goal in two games. Yeah, I, I just it's 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 genuinely it it really is genuinely shocking, and I actually don't think that it's it's just on some foully because, you know, he does. You know, Kuhn obviously is in the starting lineup. Messi is starting in that free role that he likes. Messi's having a bad World Cup, Evan. He just is. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying it's going to – like. And, and one of the questions I have written on my thing here is how, how does Ma- Messi's kind of ghosting bad World Cup impact his legacy? And I, I, I think that – and here's, here's just – here's what I'll say really quickly. And I don't think that it it does in any way that – would disqualify him or harm him when you're talking about just the greatest of all time talents and and whatnot. But I do think that it, it does harm him when when you're getting into that discussion, trying to uh, uh, compare him to some of these other players who just have that uh, 
the only thing that they care about is winning mentality. This is like the, when we talk about Michael Jordan in this country, that's what we really focus on. It's that he won't, he refuses to lose. He will not allow his team to lose. And if they do, he is just furious and broken and heartbroken at the same time. Messi seems to kind of retreat into himself and, 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 you know, from the outside, we see some self-pity. I got to I gotta admit it. I think we're seeing a little bit of self-pity. That is not the kind of mental attitude that brings your team along with you that is required of someone that we are considering and, and, and who, based on purely based on statistics, probably has the best claim that we know right now to be the best of all time. But so- – so I I, I've, I I get this feeling, and I've had this feeling ever since the last World Cup, that Messi doesn't want to win the World Cup so much because like he personally wants to win it, so much as he knows that everyone else thinks he should win it, and like and he but like this is the feeling I got when he like retired from international plays. He was kind of just exhausted Sorry, with trauma. by retired. He, you mean rage quit? Right? Rage quit. But it's because he didn't really care that much himself, right? And so he was his way of like getting away from the expectation that everyone else was put on him of you must win the World Cup was like I'm just not going to try anymore, guys. Yeah, I'm just leaving. And then he came back because of course he had to come back. But I'm not sure that like I get much more fire um, out of him, uh, you know, than than you know than when he rage quit. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see him being interested and. You know, maybe that's a coaching problem, but you get the sense that players of this level shouldn't need a a coach to motivate them to go out there and kind of, you know, grab that team. I mean, like he he let's be clear also of it. Like he did single handedly qualify Argentina. Like yeah. he scored that hat trick to qualify them in the playoff. And remember, Argentina went to a playoff because they they didn't almost didn't qualify for this goddamn World Cup. Yeah, they were, I, I think that that's the thing to remember also. Like we were all talking about this Argentinian team, like it was obviously going to be a good team, um, but they were they were not and are not obviously a good team. In yeah, fact, it could right, well right. be that they are what we what we should have thought they were, which is bad. Yeah. Um, but, but on the other hand, like we're talking about this, this way now, it's entirely possible that Messi goes out and puts up four goals in the next game yep. and they, and they qualify for the next round and he gets hot and everything looks different. Yeah. That's totally, totally, totally true. Uh, it's possible. It's also possible that, uh, they go home. So it's, it's all, it's all up, uh, still for, uh, for Messi to figure out. Last thing I wanted to talk about, Evan, is that we have a little bit of a controversy. So I, I wanted to go into the, um, the kind of teams that I think have, uh, uh, kind of upped their stock in terms of kind of being dark horses. A lot of people like Poland as dark horses going in. I personally, I agreed that I did like Croatia going in. Uh, I, I did not see though, I'd not see Mexico as a kind of a dark horse to, to, to make a run. And, uh, I think that maybe they, they've become one now after their really stunning win, yeah. uh, against Germany and the protagonism of, of, of Lozano. But, I want to see them, want to see them replicate it yeah. before I really see believe in again. Mexico. Let's see them do it again. Uh, and they'll play tomorrow. So we'll see. Um, one thing I, I did just last thing I wanted to address here is there's a slight controversy surrounding the Mexican team that involves the uh, 
there's a chant that the Mexican fans do whenever the the goalie takes a takes a, takes a goal kick, and it's it's just saying eh puto and. There's a lot of ink that's been spilled about why this is a problematic chant, and I think it is a problematic chant. It 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 doesn't it doesn't give the right impression, etc. I will also add though that as a native Spanish speaker and the Mexicans who are saying it are native Spanish speakers, the word puto, despite you know the, uh, I think so the, the the direct let's just be clear the direct translation of puto is male prostitute. Uh, that's a, it is a gendered term, but it's a gendered term partially because every, every, you know, everything is a gendered term in these language in, 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 in Spanish. Like everything has, if you're talking about someone and you're using an adjective to describe them, uh, you're going to have a gendered adjective. So puto is, is sort of like that, but the appropriate translation in terms of and translation is 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 a very complicated and I think it's a very complicated field. I know my my father um <clears throat> literally studies it uh and 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 writes books about it. But in I think the cultural context the appropriate translation of puto is more like bitch. And bitch itself is also a gendered term that isn't great, but it's not quite the same thing as being a a rabidly homophobic slur. And that's the real question here, right? That the, the the debate such that it is is like whether or not this is like I think everyone agrees it's not great, and some people think it's much worse than not great. That it's really like a chant that's essentially a slur, right? Um, and that there's a big kind of category difference between. Eh, you probably shouldn't, and like that's a slur, and there should be penalties, and people should be kicked out of stadiums, and that type of stuff. That's that's right. And I personally, right after reading some of the takes from 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 you know uh, LGBT writers uh, that I that I really respect, I you know I understand their view, and I won't be using it personally anymore. But and I, I and I think that a lot of these takes and a lot of these articles have kind of described the cultural contents and and and, and appropriately done it. I just think that, you know, you know, I won't be if I were there, I wouldn't do it. But it is, you know, unfortunately part of the the tradition at this point of being a a soccer fan of the uh, of L3 and and if you're in the stadium you sort of do it a lot of I mean for example when I went to Wisconsin hockey games people used to chant a lot of stuff like that when there were when there were kind of stoppages uh it's not great but it's also sort of their their tradition and I would be all for changing it from to something else but at the moment it doesn't strike me as the kind of slur that that we should be focusing on given the kind of rampant violence and other shit that we've already discussed on this show. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying don't talk about it to be clear. I'm just saying that there are a lot of other issues, especially in Russia that 
deserve and merit a lot of consideration and and articles that I that I'm not seeing I think as much of. For example, you know, Ohm and I on the Magic Madrid show talked about a number of homophobic incidents that have just been completely undercovered. And I encourage everyone to go listen to that. It was a free show that we we did on Sunday. And that that for me is something that is, should be much bigger and much more covered than the controversy about the you know whether the Mexican fans are yelling a, a vulgar slur or just kind of a curse word when someone takes a free kick. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I think I, I, I broadly agree with all that. I mean, I, I, I don't have a strong opinion on the, like the chant itself, not having a relationship to the word or the chant as a Spanish speaker and right. not having right. it impact me as an LGBT person, um, from not being an LGBT right. person. And we'll um, have we'll have um, in the future we'll have a guest or, or, or two to, to to come and discuss this other issue. There's tons yeah. of stuff to talk about with respect to this, but, and and I'm, I'm very open yeah. to change uh, and and to updating my feelings on this. But as of now, my 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 language, the language that I learned, uh, there are many slurs for LGBT people that I that I would not speak now, and I think are very vulgar and offensive. But puto is not really one of them. It's sort of, it, it can almost be a term of endearment in certain cases. And, and it just, it, it's not quite used in the same way, I think, or with the same intent that gives a, a slur that, that, that is quite bad, the power that we, we, we give it to. Right. Um, all right. Sorry about that. Fucking incredibly net, like my <laughs> bummer digression. It's such a great, such a great, uh, great good note way there. to end. Um, but yeah, we have a ton of other stuff coming up and obviously there's so much dumb shit being written. This is why I love the world cup time, Evan. There's so much uh, dumb shit. There's going a lot on of dumb that. shit. People say dumb shit. People tweet dumb shit. The games have been a lot of fun. They haven't oh, been man. good. I mean, most of them have been good. Like the soccer has been kind of shitty. Yo, can I can I get, just pitch my my theory? I I think there are a lot of different types of. There are basically four different types of uh, soccer games. They're good good games. Uh, they're good bad games. They're bad good games, and then they're bad bad games. And basically, yeah. the difference is like a good good game is when it's a very attacking kind of open game, but with a lot of really talented players who are executing tactical plans. A good bad game is when both teams are incredibly defensive, playing in a low block, uh, really, really executing their tactical plans. But that means that the game, the play, pace of play is really slow and boring. Uh, and then what we had today with Croatia Argentina, yeah. which is a good bad game. Uh, yeah. uh, Sorry, and 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 I I think I got those. A bad good game is what I was just talking about. Now, Croatia Argentina was a good bad game where it was incredibly fun to watch, but neither team was executing really a tactical plan. They just kind of said, "Go fuck it. We're gonna make sure that uh, Croatia said we're gonna make sure that Messi doesn't beat us." And Argentina was like, "I don't even know what the fuck they were like because I can't understand some poly." So, and then they're bad, bad games where both teams are super defensive. Like, I, I think it's very possible that if Iceland met, like, fucking uh, Denmark or something, it would yeah. just be... Well, we're going to too- see this event- eventually. We're going to get Saudi Arabia and, um, and well, fuck, whoever else is the bottom Egypt. of that group. Yeah, for Saudi Arabia, Egypt. Like, oh, that's my be- God. It's going to be awful, guys. <laughs> they're both, like, def- bad defensive teams. Like Egypt, the only like saving grace there is most Salah and like 
<laughs> he can't do it by himself. Um, so Yo, yeah, I gotta, I gotta say this complete digression. The magic just took Mo Bamba, and I'm so fucking happy. That's great. I'm glad you. I'm glad. I'm glad for you. That's that's awesome, dude. I can't wait for the Knicks to uh, they select. Just, they, they just took Kevin Cox or Kevin Knox. I don't know who that is. He's saying, he's from that's Kentucky. Awesome. That's really good. I'm glad Knicks. Good job. Good job. And um, uh, I can't wait for that Knicks team to uh, suck a huge amount of ass. So Luke Luca's Luca Doncic is going to uh, going to Dallas. He was traded from the Hawks. I actually thought that might happen. That's cool. Yeah, he's going to Dallas. So anyway, sorry. Well, there's your NBA draft. Yeah. There's your NBA draft uh, update. Cool. Thanks, buddy. All right, folks. Uh, that's the Let's Six Football for this week. We will be back next week to do all this again and probably do it live doing live stream baby live stream all right boys good talking to you yeah man i'll catch you later bye please don't get me wrong see i forgive you and the song will call the likely lands but if it's left to you i know exactly what you do with all the dreams we have Cause blood runs to the car, holistic you know It's important to you It's important to me I try to make you see But you don't want to know If you pardon some wrong, linger forgiven In a song, or I to touch my life There's some rights to the wrongs When they needed in a song, it's welcome back outside But blood runs to the car, holistic you know That's important to you I tried to make you see But you don't want to know Oh, what became of the likely life? What became of the dreams we had? Oh, what became of forever? Oh, what became of forever? See, I forgive you in a song called the Likely Land We all bought the ones we taught the world We wrote the songs and still the dreams we had But blood runs thicker, oh, with thicker steeds You know, if that's important to you It's important to me I try to make you see But you don't want to know Of the 